it's happening it's happening i've been humored way too much and i'm here doing the podcast this is it this is episode one it's a pilot episode if it all goes wrong then we can just pretend it never happened and we don't have to do any more but if it goes right then we can get some guests on we can talk about all things awesome and hopefully you guys get some value from it but this is the starting point so let's take it from there for those who don't know me, my name is Leanne Adu. I am a mum, I am a wife, I am a business owner, I am a runner, um, and I think I'm a pretty cool person. And I also have triple negative breast cancer. Uh, discovering at the end of 2020 that I had breast cancer really just rounded off what for me and so many other people was a pretty crap year. We had a pandemic. It was really, really tough. But even before that, I was suffering some health issues which were making things quite difficult. I'm going to get into my journey. I'm going to get into how I discovered I had breast cancer and my treatment and what's been happening since then. I'm also going to be talking about um, how I run my business alongside that. And you're going to get some background into how I started Leave It With Lava, which is a virtual business support organisation. I'm also going to be talking about being a mum and essentially how I manage all of this whilst going through cancer treatment. It's not easy. It's not fun. I'm quite miserable quite a lot of the time. But there we go. But before we do that, I'm actually just going to talk about what triple negative breast cancer is. Um, I'm I'm reading from the breastcancernow.org website because I'm not a doctor. And despite living through all this, actually, I think part of my denial about my cancer means that I, I haven't read as much as I should do about what this means for me. And we can probably delve into that at another time. But what is triple negative breast cancer? It's a name given to breast cancer that's oestrogen receptor negative, progesterone receptor negative and HGR2 negative. If when they're testing um, the body for breast cancer, it doesn't have these positive hormone receptors, then they they say that it's um, that it's triple negative breast cancer. It's actually quite difficult talking about this. I don't think it would be. There we go. <laughs> Around one in five people with invasive breast cancer have triple negative breast cancer. And it's more common in women who've um, inherited the altered BRCA gene. Black women, hi. Uh, women who've not reached the menopause, hi. And women under 40. I don't know if I've got that BRCA gene. I find out this week. So at the time of recording, I don't know if my my cancer is due to genetic factors. Um, tune in next week to find out. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Um, some types of breast cancer are more likely to be triple negative than others and most people with triple negative breast cancer have invasive ductal breast cancer as it's the most common type of breast cancer in general. I don't have invasive ductal breast cancer. I have no special type breast cancer which basically at the time when they told me my results um, there was no particular reason why this, this breast cancer occurred. So that's what triple negative breast cancer is. The other thing about triple negative breast cancer is that because it's not um, hormonal, it's harder to treat. The targeted therapies and treatments that they would use against hormonal breast cancers, they don't work. They don't work against triple negative breast cancer. So um, they go all in with the chemotherapy. They go all in with the surgery and radiotherapy. They do chemotherapy first to try and wipe the body of the cancer cells and then they'll do surgery to get rid of the lump and then they'll do radiotherapy. So that's basically me um, and triple negative breast cancer. Uh, I have it in my left breast, I have it in my lymph nodes, but it hasn't gone any further, which is awesome. 
If you do want to know more about triple negative breast cancer, there's organisations like Breast Cancer Now, um, Cancer Research, Macmillan, who will have loads and loads of information. And I will. Um, this is a, a, a learning journey for me as well. I do want to find out more about my cancer, but it, it's scary. I know that recurrence rates are high, especially in the first five years. I know that it's aggressive. Triple negative breast cancer is aggressive. My cancer had been growing for apparently seven to nine months and it it's already in quite a large area of my breast and within my lymph nodes. The one thing that I will say is that it's really, really important to check your breasts. Um, and when I talk about how I found my lump and going through the the process of being diagnosed, um, we'll understand why it's so important to be incredibly handsy. So I was going to talk about life poor breast cancer, but you know what? Let's just get to it. Let's tell the story of how I found a lump in my boob um, and found out I had breast cancer. Why not? Let's do it. So it was a cold October morning. I was laying in my bed. <laughs> no, for real. It was um, it was the end of October last year, and um, I was lying in bed. And you know when you wake up in the morning and you do this little stretch and you roll over and you give yourself a little bit of a squeeze. Well, that's one of my favourite things to do. Uh, I remember that I wasn't working that day, and I rolled over and I kind of just like had a feel around of my boob. I could feel this little lump by my armpit. And I thought, that's a bit odd. It's a bit weird. I give it a little bit of squeeze, felt around the rest of the area. Didn't feel anything too dodgy. But I was obviously a bit concerned. So I, I messaged my mum. I think I called my mum and I messaged my friend. I was like, oh, found a little lump. And I've got a screenshot of the message that I sent to Charlene, actually. Um, just complaining because the one thing about me is I know my body extremely well. I know when I'm getting a cold. I know when I'm getting run down. I really understand how my body works. I can tell you when I'm ovulating without an app. I can tell you which side I'm ovulating from. I can tell you exactly where I am within my cycles based on my moods and how my body feels. So finding a new lump, um, you know, I know my body. I knew that it was it wasn't usual for me but I didn't know how long it'd been there it, it had a good feel to it it felt like a good sized pea didn't hurt it was movable um so like I say wasn't massively worried but gave it a few days and then called the doctor of course we're in a pandemic so at first they didn't want to see me um but when I explained the situation I had a chat with the doctor on the phone I managed to get in and get a face-to-face appointment and the thing about discovering uh, or the journey to getting my diagnosis is that at every step along the way being 35 as I was at the time being young quite healthy everyone was telling me don't worry about it don't worry about it it's just going to be this don't worry about it. it's just going to be that and and I believed it I, I honestly believed it so at that first doctor's appointment she examined me and she said that her threshold for um for referring people to the two-week breast clinic you know she had quite a low threshold for it because you just never know but I didn't need to worry because it didn't have any kind of classic markers of anything sinister so then it was the two-week wait to, to go to the breast clinic um, I went to Lewisham Hospital now I've got big beef with Lewisham Hospital which we can get into when we talk about my my birth story <laughs> which is going to be an epic episode if we get there, if you like this, if you like it, tell me, just so I know. Um, but I struggle with Lewisham, Lewisham Hospital due to kind of birth trauma issues. And 
on the day of my appointment, I went in, I went to their breast clinic, um, saw the consultant who was very kind of like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a fibroid anoma. Fibroid anoma is just basically a fatty bit of tissue in the breast, nothing to worry about. And he examined me um, and he, he didn't seem particularly bothered. Or maybe he was. Maybe he just didn't want to scare me. But essentially he said to me, I don't think it's anything to worry about, but I'm going to send you downstairs for an ultrasound anyway. I was like, now? He's like, yeah, now. So I went downstairs for the ultrasound. There, the woman who did the ultrasound, the doctor who did the ultrasound was fantastic. And she kind of scanned my left breast, scanned my right breast, then scanned my left breast again um, and told me that she was going to send me for a mammogram. I was like, what, now? She's like, yeah, yeah. Um, she said, we're not worried about the right breast. I said, we're not worried about the left breast either, are we? Because <laughs> always hilarious. Um, and she didn't answer. And it was at that point that I think I felt that maybe this was a little bit more worrisome than a fibroidinoma or a cyst or a spot under the skin. She sent me to the mammogram. Those things are not comfortable. Never had one before. Um, I've got giant breasts picture what you will they're pretty darn huge and um having them squeezed in this vice I'd also oh my god like the week before I just got my nipple pierced as well so I had to take it out for this and I was gutted and I was my biggest concern was was I going to be able to get my nipple piercings back in because I had both of them done um where was I going to be able to get them back in the answer to the question is yes I was that day I wasn't as we got down the line very bitter about that. Uh, Sorry. So um, had the mammogram. And then when I got back into the room with the ultrasound doctor, she told me that she was going to do a biopsy. And it moved really, really fast. And I remember feeling very swept along by it all, but also really violated. She didn't really explain what she thought it might be. Um, She didn't kind of There was no comfort given. There was no reassurance. Um, So at this point, I knew that she was worried that it was something sinister. 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 Um, The biopsy was of my lymph nodes under my armpits because she told me that they were also swollen. And that kind of made sense because... Every so often I could feel them. Before this, every so often I would feel like a fullness in my armpit, which I didn't know at the time was the fact that my, my lymph nodes were swollen. A bit like when you get a cold and your glands go up. Um, and she also biopsied the lump itself. And then I was just sent on my merry way. I asked, How long till I get the results, I said. And she said, oh, um, two to three days. And I was like, oh, okay, that's quite quick. I didn't think it'd be that that quick, Um but she said they, they would test them within two to three days and then I'd get a call within sort of seven days. Great. Awesome. Sounds good. I called my mum when I got outside and I was just really shaky, actually. I felt quite violated and it it had gone from it's nothing to, to these really quite invasive procedures that I didn't understand what was going on. But I went home um just kind of tried to take it all in had a bit of a cry had a good cry it was scary it was really scary I didn't hear anything for about a week and I remember calling them and being told that they have um 
being told by the breast secretary, which is a job title I would definitely like in my lifetime. Uh, I would like to be known as the breast secretary. Um, told by the breast secretary that they have a meeting on a set day and I'd missed that day. Uh, so I knew that it would be another week or so before I heard. But she said, call up on Friday and I'll let you know what's happening. So then I called up again on the Friday and she said, no, I told you it's it's going to be this long. And I was like, well, no, that's not actually what you said. But OK. Um, but what happens is Lewisham does not have the facilities to to really analyse the results. So they send them over to Guy's Hospital and then Guy's Hospital have a meeting and then, it, you know, it's a process. It's a long process. And unfortunately, the time when I got my my biopsy done meant that I kind of missed a few meetings. So it was actually three weeks or so before I got an appointment. Um, before that, I managed to speak to someone on the breast team at Guy's who um, was trying to help me speed it all along. Now, signs that I knew things weren't good. We're in a pandemic and you're not allowed to take people to appointments with you. But I was allowed to take someone to my appointment. <laughs> Uh, so that the fact that it was taken so long to get my results and the fact that I got called back into Lewisham to have another mammogram uh, because they had misplaced the images from my first one or they couldn't read them properly uh, there was lots of little things that that just I just knew I just knew so on the day of my results appointment which was the 4th of December uh, 2020 it was two days before Tiana's third birthday I took Charlene with me um, I needed someone who was going to give me the bants I needed someone that I could make inappropriate jokes with who was going to be able to keep me calm and have a laugh so we went along to Guy's Hospital and we sat there making jokes and they called me into the room <laughs> and you just know there was a breast nurse in there breast cancer specialist nurse in there and the doctor and he turned around and the, the main thing that I remember is him telling me, you know, we've got your results. Um, and yes, you do have, he said, a small but aggressive um, bit of breast cancer. And I was just sick, like to my stomach. And Charlene held my hand. And then I, I did a roar. I had to do a little roar, um, like a lion. And he said, and I remember the doctor being like, oh, not, I'm glad you didn't do that too loud. You'd scare my other, my other patients. And we all laughed. Um, break the tension a little bit. But I was trying so hard not to cry. So hard not to cry. Didn't quite believe it. Um, just holding Charlene's hand the whole time while he went through what they found. Um, it, like I say, small, treatable breast cancer in the left breast. Um he explained that I would need chemotherapy, surgery uh, and radiotherapy as part of my treatment. I was just trying to think of what questions did I need to ask. And I had this immense feeling of relief as well. I had this immense feeling of almost like ah, I told you so. Because, of course, when you're going through this, people are very, very positive. And the people that I told were like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. It's nothing. But I knew I knew in my little heart of hearts what it was. So I felt almost a little bit like, see, told you I knew my body. <laughs> um, so we had the appointment and then the breast cancer nurse took me off to a little room where she she talked through what what the breast cancer was, what triple negative breast cancer was. Um, 
and and yeah that was it we just kind of sat there had some water um they explained that i needed some blood tests done as well uh and we, we just kind of hung around a little bit um whilst we waited to to get that kind of the breast cancer admin done call it that the breast cancer admin also signed up for a medical trial which i'm going to talk about in a future episode um it's an, an mri trial um which they're doing around breast cancer uh diagnostics so that's really cool and interesting and it means i get lots more mri scans which is really useful because i've been able to really understand how my lump has been shrinking so yeah had that meeting in the lymph nodes in the breast you've got breast cancer off you go um I came out of the appointment and called my mum. Mums are the best, aren't they? And I wanted to tell her in person. I knew that she was kind of working semi-locally. So I called her and I'm like, where are you? She said, oh, I'm at London Bridge Station. I said, what? She said, I'm at London Bridge Station. Me? Thought it was a total coincidence. But no, my mum had finished work and she was waiting. She was waiting for my call because I guess mums know everything as well. And it's all, it was all quite funny. Um, we went to prep and we sat in prep and things were just normal and I was making stupid jokes and we were, we were just going through it, right? Going through the motions, maybe? I don't know. The shock, the shock of knowing what we all knew to be true, to actually be true. We went through some of the leaflets. I was definitely a bit stunned, definitely a bit stunned. And to be honest, I don't really remember much else about that day. Um, They told me that I'd be starting my treatment before Christmas, most likely. But once I got into kind of all the testing um, ahead of chemo starting, it transpired that it would be after Christmas. They tried to give me a chemo start date for January and I pushed back. I was like, no, you've got to do it beforehand. I could not bear the thought of this thing growing inside of me for any longer than it needed to. Um, I think I'm going to possibly stop there just because I'm feeling quite emotional about it all. Uh, and it's, it is quite a long, long journey. And I'd like to talk about the testing that I went through, um, in another episode. I think we are going to get that far. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Bog it. Let's do it. Let's make it a little series. Uh, so yeah, I'll talk about the testing before I started chemo uh, next time, perhaps. Um, so that's that's how I found out I had triple negative breast cancer. Ooh, what time is it? It's time for a cup of tea, cup of gin. It's nine thirty. So yeah, nine thirty on Easter Monday. I don't want the whole of this podcast to be about breast cancer and what I'm going through. I want to focus on some really positive bits as well. I want to focus on some things that I'm feeling really grateful for um and stuff like that so today being easter monday and i've not really had much energy over the past week because of the chemo um but today i've had a really awesome day with the kid um she's so special and i am not a particularly artsy person but i've needed to find new ways to be able to play with her given the fact that actually i don't have much energy to run and jump and dance like i i would do with her so we did some arts and crafts <laughs> uh, i can't draw she is forever asking me to draw her birds draw a bird for me mummy draw a mouse for me mummy 
I, don't, I can't draw. These I basically do stick animals and that's it. But today I made a rocket and I'm so proud of this rocket. Um, I, cut, I looked it up. I googled how to draw a rocket, cut it out on the Amazon boxes, and we just had such a fun time creating this rocket. And I put her name on it. Um, she put her name on it in like these little felt letters. She said to me, are you going to put your name on it too, mummy? We did it together. Oh, and I was like, yeah, we did. But no, this is for you. So that's the thing that I'm really, really, really loving about today and feeling really, really grateful for. Just finding that little thing that meant that we were able to connect again like we did when we used to be more physical, when our play was very physical and it was dancing and jumping and playing. So, yeah, there's my little my little gratitude moment there as well. And just looking ahead for the rest of the week, like a weather report. Um, like I say, <laughs> this week I find out the results of my genetic testing. Um, how my week normally goes on a chemo week is I need to get bloods done uh, at least a day before my cancer treatment. So normally I'd go on the Monday before my cancer treatment, before my chemo. Normally I'd go on a Monday get my bloods done, come home, start work. But because it's a bank holiday today, I'm going to go tomorrow morning. Then I'll come back. I'll start working. I am working pretty much um, four days a week. So still getting in as much work as possible in the business. Um, But tomorrow I've got this call at 12.30. So that's going to be interesting. Wednesday I've got chemo. I've got to be there at 8.30. I'm not looking forward to that. And then I'm going to sleep the rest of the day because this chemo is just foul. It is foul. I can feel it going into my bloodstream as I'm sitting there. And by the time I've even bloody got out of the place, I'm peeing red like nobody's business. So as soon as I come out of chemo, I'm going to come home, take all my medicine and just try and sleep it off, basically. Hopefully I'll be feeling better on Thursday and we'll be able to get some work done. Um, better still on Friday when I have to start taking my injections to make sure that my white blood count doesn't fall too low. I'll have to take those for eight days. Um, and if I don't take them with antihistamines, they make my body break. Um, and then I'll be on the up for the second week of my cycle before we get into it again after day 14. Wow. So that's the week ahead. And you know, we just have to take each day as it comes. My moods are ridiculous. Oh my God, I'm up one minute, I'm down the next, I'm crying, I'm happy, you know, whatever. My nausea is ridiculous, so my appetite is up and down, and my face looks like a potato. It's all fun and games, right? And before I go, before I sign off today, uh, I just wanted to say that I really, really appreciate all the love and support that everybody who knows me and actually even people who don't know me give me. Um, You send me stuff. My, (laughs) I've never had so much flowers in my life. I've never had so many thoughtful gifts. I've never had so many thoughtful notes and cards um, and outward appreciation and showing of love for me. And someone said on my Instagram ways in which we can support me and other loved ones or people that they know who have cancer. And sometimes the best bit of support that I get is just knowing that people are thinking about me and knowing that they're rooting for me. Um, One of the things about my cancer is I, I don't get how serious it is. It doesn't make sense to me when I was very, very fit and healthy, how I found a lump 
and now my entire life has changed. Does not make sense to me. Cannot comprehend. Don't get it. I've asked several times, are you sure this is really that serious? You know, we are how many weeks into chemo? Like 14 weeks into chemo. And I still ask that question. Is this still necessary? Um, But apparently it is. Who knew? But the fact that every single day I get a message from someone checking in on me is just awesome. Um, Sometimes I'm a bit overwhelmed or I'm a bit miserable and I can't reply. But when you're looking to support someone who has cancer, just allowing them the space to know that you were there for them is probably one of the biggest things that you can do. Um, And also not lecturing them about food or telling them that they gave themselves cancer or that the COVID vaccine gave them cancer. Anyway, moving on. Um, Message me if you've got anything that you think we should talk about. Message me if you would like to come and chat with me on this podcast so it doesn't feel like I'm talking into a void. Uh, Today's episode is probably a bit awkward. Don't know what I'm doing. Got no clue. I'm going to try and like put some music over this at some point as well. Or I could sing Alexander Hamilton. They are waiting in the wings for you. Um, If you want to talk about Hamilton, let's do that. I'm open to all suggestions. So on that note, I'm Leanne Adu. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch me on social media at uh, Leanne Adu underscore. I have a website, www.leaveitwithlava.com. You can email me, Leanne Adu at gmail.com. I think that's my email address. <laughs> or you can just reach out on any of like social media platforms I'm on. Um, I will be back soon. I will be back better than this pile of whatever you want to call it. But thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of my journey and for um, overhyping me up so that I've recorded this podcast today. Love, 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 love.